0: let's bow once more as we commit this part of our service to lord in prayer blessed jesus heavenly father lord we thank you for your son jesus christ Uh, lord we thank you for the reminder as we just uh, celebrated christmas as we remember your son uh, jesus christ coming as emmanuel god with us That apart from him, there is no salvation, there is no forgiveness of sin, uh, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And Lord, we do thank you for that truth, and we thank you for the ability to proclaim that, that our spiritual eyes have been open uh, to our need of a Savior, uh, and that you have given us the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, the gift of faith to believe. And Lord, that you continue to teach us and to grow us in the knowledge and in your grace each and every day. That even though our outer bodies may be uh, wasting away, our inner uh, spirit is being renewed day by day. Uh, And that starts with us digging into your word and spend time in prayer with you. Uh, And Lord, just uh, the fellowship of believers as we come together as the church, uh, your your bride. And Lord, we do uh, thank you for this time and we ask your blessing upon it. In Jesus' name, amen. As I began this morning in our announcement time, I told you that today was a special Sunday uh, as we have the opportunity to participate in a baby dedication. Uh, and one of the first questions that may come to your mind is, is what is a baby dedication? Uh, and simply put, in you know, simplest terms, it is a ceremony uh, where Christian parents uh, make a commitment before the Lord Uh, to raise their child according to God's word and his ways. Uh, That's the the simple definition of what a baby dedication is. Uh, As they uh, have uh, made the commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ themselves, they come together for the purpose of committing or dedicating their children to the Lord, to raise them in an atmosphere uh, where uh, they learn about who Jesus is, that he is blessed, that he is the Savior, Redeemer. Uh, That salvation, there is salvation in no other name under heaven by which men have been given that we can be saved. Uh, It is also a time of thanking God for the blessing of children, whether those are biological children, whether they are children that you have the privilege of adopting uh, from uh, some other family in the United States or around the world. Uh, But thanking God for the blessing of those children, those little lives that you have been given responsibility for. But it's also an an opportunity to publicly declare their faith. Uh, As you'll find, a baby dedication is not just for the purpose of benefiting the child, or in our case today, children, uh, before the Lord. Uh, It is a testimony of the fact that both uh, Josh and Rose know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Uh, that they have a desire to raise uh, both Violet and Rhett uh, in a home that honors the Lord uh, and does so first and foremost in their lives uh, and shows that they have a desire to mold the next generation. Uh, As you look at Ellington Baptist Church, part of what we do each and every week is do things that actually help foster an environment where the next generation can know who God is. Uh, Because the world does not... Uh, have a desire for one, but the world does not even in any way, shape, or form put forth uh, a knowledge of God. If anything, God is what you make him, uh, and they try and suppress the the truth and the word of God itself. Uh, And so we are thankful for the privilege as a church family to be able to support um, Josh and Rose in this endeavor today. Uh, And we'll find out there's a role that we play uh, as their church family But you may also ask the question, well, how is this different from infant baptism? Uh, Because there may be some of you here today that were baptized as infants. Uh, And there are many churches that practice what they call the sacrament of infant baptism. Uh, And they believe that without baptism, one cannot be saved. Uh, Now, we do something different, and and it just so happens today. We actually have a baptism service that's going to be this afternoon. Uh, But we do what we call uh, believer's baptism because we believe that baptism scripturally is an outward proclamation of what has already happened on the inside. Uh, Because someone has put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, uh, they do so and acknowledge that and identify with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection uh, as uh, they go underneath of the water and come back up again. One of the things that uh, we also acknowledge is that it's believers' baptism. Uh, it's not something that uh, saves. Uh, we don't have to be baptized in order to to be in God's good graces or to find uh, ourselves in heaven for eternity. That is simply in faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, repentance of our sin, and trusting and, and putting our faith and trust in Him alone. Uh, the example that we look at is the thief on the cross. Uh, as uh, Jesus was hanging there on the cross, and one of the, the thieves that was on the, the, the side next to Jesus uh, at that point changed his mind about who Jesus was. He repented and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus told him, he says, Today you will be with me in paradise or heaven. Uh, there was not going to be any transitionary time. There was nothing else required because what could he do? He was hanging on a cross. As a guilty sinner next to the Savior of the world. And so Jesus was not lying to him. He did not make a special exception in this case uh, because of his circumstances, because what is necessary for salvation has not changed. It has always been about the Lord Jesus Christ and his uh, once for all sacrifice. And so we also look at believers' baptism, as I, I've said, as an identification with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, and as a symbol of new life. Uh, we can take a look at the book of Romans, chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, where it says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that, or for this reason, just as Christ as raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So, when we go through believers' baptism, we are identifying with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. In other words, we're saying that we are uh, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ; that He is not dead; that He is a Savior who is alive; that He is the only One who could redeem us that God the Father in in approval of Christ's sacrifice raised him from the dead and didn't leave him in the grave to rot there. He raised him to to life and he is the first fruits as the scripture tell us of those who will be resurrected because each and every believer in Jesus Christ has the hope of a future resurrection. That even if Christ does not return before this earthly body uh, fails and, and God takes me home one day, Uh, My physical body will be reunited with my spirit and uh, that will be resurrected. But in the meantime, as we identify with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection is for the purpose of saying and, and proclaiming to the world that I am not the same person apart from Jesus Christ. That when I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he changed me. I am not that same individual. I don't look like the same individual I was before Christ. The things that the world loves i do not love any longer because i am one who as it says there uh, so that we might walk in newness of life because jesus took that which was spiritually dead and made it spiritually alive and the spirit of god himself lives in each and every believer in jesus christ so we have the very power of god in us the one who is the comforter the one who is the encourager, the one who is the convictor of sin residing in us so that we will walk in newness of life and we will walk and, and do those things that are characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Those are things that the Spirit gives us in our new state as believers in Jesus Christ. And so that's how it's different because believers' baptism and infant or baby dedication are two separate things. We dedicate children for the purpose of raising them in an atmosphere where they can be introduced to Jesus Christ, to know who he is and, and Lord willing, come to saving faith very early in age. And we even sung uh, in the song that, that early on, may uh, I know the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we can also look at the word of God and know that baby dedication is implied, in the scriptures, uh, I'll just take two examples. There's, there's more that we could take a look at, uh, but just uh, in First Samuel chapter one, Hannah, the mother of Samuel, dedicated her son to the Lord. We also know in the New Testament, Book of Luke chapter two, that Joseph and Mary dedicated Jesus at the temple in Jerusalem. So th- there is an implied. Uh, uh, Truth here in relation to baby dedication to give them over to the Lord for the purpose of the Lord, you know, growing them and then coming to you, saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But know this, maybe you were never dedicated as a child. I honestly, you know, thought this morning as I was preaching, I never really found out if my parents ever dedicated me. I don't know if they did or not. It's not required. Uh, It's implied in the scriptures Uh, But you don't have to have an official ceremony to dedicate your children to the Lord in a public service. You can provide for them exactly what the scriptures call in relation to raising those children and dedicating them to the Lord uh, within your own family unit, within your whole family, uh, you know, extended, uh, you know, even, even in relation to the church without there even being an official dedication service. And and part of that dedication service is realizing that that these children are a gift from God. Now, I know that there may be some of you thinking that you would really like to give your kids back to God, um, but there was no uh, established refund policy or return uh, upon, you know, uh, rejection of this product or whatever you want to label it. Uh, They are a gift from God, and you cannot give them back to God, but you can certainly, you know, dedicate them to God to teach them who God is, uh, because God changes people, he changes lives, and he does so for all of eternity. Well, baby dedication is also a showing of one's love for God. Uh, In this case, for Josh and Rose, as they have come forward asking to dedicate their two children, Uh, one of the things that maybe they don't realize quite yet, but will realize by the end of this sermon today is that they have a living, eternal soul that they have been given to be stewards of. Now, they can't save their children. Uh, Their children cannot be saved by their faith in Jesus Christ. There will be a point in which uh, both Violet and Rhett will have to trust the Lord Jesus Christ themselves. But what uh, Rose and Josh can provide for them is... One, being responsible to show them what it is like to live in the world in which we find ourselves, but also preparing them for what is after this life because they are an eternal soul. Uh, And as we know scripturally, there are only two destinations once we leave this mortal coil behind and find ourselves stepping into eternity where God dwells. And that one is in the presence of God forever because we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he has given us the gift of eternal life. But the opposite is also true for all those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, those who reject uh, the gift of God through Jesus Christ, uh, who will get the just uh, rewards of their rebellion against God. That God's justice will be upon them, his wrath will be upon them, and they will find themselves eternally separated for God, from God for eternity. And there won't be any going back. There won't be any second chances once we find ourselves in that eternal state. But our eternal souls will find one of two destinations, eternal life or eternal death. And so they have a living eternal soul in their home. Uh, well, actually, they've got two two eternal souls. <coughs> But they also, in showing their love for God, are committing their children to the Lord, uh, shows really uh, a deep love that they have for God themselves. Uh, what I like to consider, or has been called, their first love. Uh, because Josh and Rose have, have made a uh, declaration of their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, for salvation. And as they find themselves now as parents, uh, they have the opportunity to live out that love through their relationship together before the Lord, but also in their relationship before the Lord and in front of their children. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 through 7 says, "'You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house.'" and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. See, you are commanded to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength as we pull one other scripture in there. So all that you are, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, this is what is to characterize you. You are commanded to love the Lord your God with all that you are. So that means whether you are, in this case, uh, sitting in your house, walking by the way, lying down, or rising up. And that is whether you have children in your home or not. But the fact is, is you have the awesome privilege that when you are blessed with children, or in this case, and things that I have stepped into in this stage of my life, grandchildren, or even some of you great-grandchildren, the fact is, is that you have the opportunity as parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents to live out that love that you have for the Lord before your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren. Because he says that you should have these words that I command you today shall be on your heart, at the core of who you are. Everything that pertains to you as an individual, that is the center of, of your life. It's not the car you drive. It's not the home you own. It's not uh, the Uh, the toys you have, or whatever it may be. The the first and foremost thing should be a love for the Lord your God. And you'll notice there's two things it says in there. Verse 7 says you're supposed to teach them and uh, to talk of them. So nothing is left out here. So you're supposed to teach them what the Word of God says. Just like you study the Word of God individually, but you're also supposed to teach those that are younger. Uh, whether that is numerically in age or even in the faith. We have an opportunity to teach people about the Lord. We do that right now as we're sitting here together, gathered together for worship. We are an encouragement to one another, that we're not alone in the faith that we proclaim, and that we have something that we can teach one another. One of those lessons today is faithfulness and coming together to, to worship the Lord. But it says you're supposed to teach them diligently to your children and talk about them in every aspect of life. Whether you're in your house, whether you're outside your house, whether you're lying down in your bed, or whether you're getting up. So everything that you do should be through that filter, through that lens of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Reminds me of what we talked about last week in Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. That's what we are called to do. That's what we are commanded to do. And so baby dedication is a showing of your love for God. But it's also an acknowledging that your child belongs to God to begin with. See, children are a gift from God. On the good days and on the not-so-good days. And the thing that you need to understand, and and Josh and Rose, if you haven't figured this out yet, you are a steward of those lives. You have the opportunity to receive that gift, which you have, uh, and to to foster that gift in a very real way. Uh, The psalmist stated it like this in Psalm 127. He says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemy in the gates. In Proverbs 22, 6, a verse that we probably have memorized is, train up a child in the way they should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. See, the thing is, you have a gift to give to your children. You have the gift of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ to live out your faith before them, to train them in the way that they should go. Now, does that mean that your children will always do that which is right before the Lord? Well, ask yourself the question, do you always do what is right before the Lord? I think we know the answer to that. That's why we are supposed to confess our sins to the Lord, uh, so that we can walk with him like we should. But the fact is, is we have a responsibility to train up our the next generation so that they will train the next generation. So that as we stand here in 2021, we can see that the, the, the things pertaining to God, the word of God has been handed down from generation to generation. It has not changed because it's the eternal word of God. But the fact is, is people have lived out that uh, life in a real way in the lives of many, many homes. See, God knew that children needed to have someone older and wiser than they are. And if you're a teenager sitting here, your, your parents are older and wiser than you. I still have a teenager in the house. And she's giving me a glaring look right now. But the fact is, is that... We have been given a responsibility to train. Now, does that mean we always train the very best way there is? No, because parents are not perfect, and God will hold them accountable to that. Even as that gift is given, there is the responsibility of, of, you know, taking care of that gift and not squandering it. To teach them the ways of God so that they will not depart from it. Because we know that the word of God never returns void. Whether it calls someone to repentance, uh, encourages someone, or holds someone accountable for discipline. God's word always accomplishes what it is sent out to do. But see, the thing is, as the parents acknowledge that the child belongs to the Lord, first and foremost, and they are a steward, that God knew that they needed parents That when there is a father and a mother in a home, that is God's ideal. Now, it doesn't mean that they're always functional households because, you know, people getting together and, and different personalities can conflict. But the fact is, through the power of God, as we will find, nothing is impossible. But see, the thing is, it's not the church by itself either. Because they're here today, you know, uh, asking for the church family to, um, you know, bless and encourage them in this dedication of their children. You know, I grew up in a day and age where youth pastors became pretty popular. And the mindset was, is that as we look back now uh, over those years, is that the youth pastor was meant to be there to raise the children. Well, that's not biblical. Because the the command is to the parents, To raise the children. See, the church reinforces what parents are responsible for. Now, that does not mean that we do not encourage them, that does not mean we don't come alongside them. But the purpose of the church is to reinforce what the parents are already doing and should be doing. And that goes generationally, too, because you know what? There are many generations represented right here in this room this morning where grandparents can encourage their children to raise their grandchildren in a way that honors the Lord. That the church can foster an environment where there are youth groups to come to to encourage the the growing and and the wisdom and the knowledge uh, of God. And we are very glad to do that. But we're there as a support mechanism to what the the mother and the father are called to do. And the thing is, not only is it not by the church by itself, it's not the government. The government is not meant to come in there and to raise your children. Because there is a stark contrast between the morality of the world and the morality that comes from God. Uh, the word of God is uh, holy and righteous. Uh, and as we think about morality, morality comes from God himself. He is the one who tells us what is right and wrong because he is the lawgiver. Because without a law, there is no right or wrong. Everyone can do what is right in their own eyes, as the scripture says. And people were doing that even though there was a law. But the fact is, God is the one who sets the standard. God is the one who morality comes from. This is why it's important of what it says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them. See, the fact is, as you have the the privilege of raising children, is that there's going to be a lot of programming and deprogramming that's going to happen. Because there are going to be people, peers, adults, they're going to come into the lives of your children and try and tell them something that is contrary to the Word of God. It will be man's philosophies. It will be, this is what is the very best for society. Uh, whatever the case might be, however they package it, however they label it, the fact is, is we need to remember the Creator from our youth. That's why it's important to have a godly home. As for me and my family, we will honor the Lord. Uh, it is an important thing because the world... By us living the way we should, as we are commanded to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, will have a direct impact on the culture, a direct impact on the world. It has for generations before us, and it will for generations after us, until at which time the Lord Jesus Christ returns. Don't forget the Creator. We have a responsibility to communicate that to our children. See, undertaking the responsibility of being a godly parent is a great and serious commitment. See, the fact is, in our culture, there is a departure from that. And what was the easiest way in order to get out of a commitment of that magnitude is, well, this is an inconvenience to us, and so therefore we will do away with what uh, is in the womb. That's man's answer to dealing with the commitment because they've gone outside of God's design for marriage and the marriage bed. And therefore, all that coming together has a direct impact on the home. See, it is a great and serious commitment. And so as Josh and Rose are here today and other parents, maybe grandparents or great-grandparents, remember that you must be first living out your faith. You need to be right with the Lord first, because being a parent is hard work. You already know that. You probably knew that at 2 a.m. this morning. But every opportunity that you have to be a teaching moment to your children, to your great-grandchildren, to your grandchildren, whatever the case might be, is something that will give glory to God. Teach your child of saving faith in Jesus Christ early. Don't underestimate how soon a child can understand saving faith. To know that there is a difference between right and wrong. You know, the thing is, I never needed to teach my children to do wrong. They figured that out on their own. But you know what? When they got caught, I didn't even need to teach them how to be sorry for what they had done. And maybe it's just because I'm a big, intimidating guy, and I had daughters, mostly. I had one son. But the fact is, is that I taught our children, Michelle taught our children about the Lord Jesus Christ early. Part of the way you can foster an environment for that to even take place, because my parents were not the one that led me to the Lord Jesus Christ. It was at a Sunday school teacher. Uh, that was being faithful to training up the next generation. And Sunday school teachers often have that privilege and that, that joyous opportunity to lead a young heart to the Lord. So bring your child to church. Yes, it is hard. Yes, there are other things you can do. But if you make church a priority, if you make it a priority to foster that environment where your children can see that God means something, it's going to have a profound impact. Now, I'm not saying we're looking, you know, God's not looking for perfect attendance. He's not looking for you to check a box. What he is looking for you to do is to say that, you know what, these are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And when I'm not around them, there's a part of me that's missing. Because remember, we are a, a, a body is what the the Word of God speaks to it as, a living organism. And so when one body part is missing, can you imagine how much of a disadvantage you are? Okay? If I didn't have a voice right now, you'd be really awkward to standing here watching me move my lips. But the fact is, is that the body works together to encourage. And so bring your children to church. Love, pray, and train your child. You have to love your kids when they're obedient. You have to love your kids when they are disobedient. You need to pray for your children. Pray for their salvation. Pray that God will uh, show them his will for their lives. Pray that God will give you the ability to train them in a way that honors the Lord. And the thing is, is that that is not an easy task, to train someone to do something. And to do so in a loving manner, knowing that what you're training them to do has eternal consequences. One of the things I remember about my parents growing up is the fact that they, they loved us, loved me, my brother and my sister. They prayed for us. And their prayer wasn't, you know, uh, one of, you know help Bill have the, the, the children that he needs to um, make us feel good because of all the trouble he gave us. Maybe they did, I don't know. But I do know that they did pray that God would use me, my brother, and my sister for the glory of God. And praise the Lord, all three of us know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior in a home where my mom and my dad were, were truly first-generation believers. Make your home a place that honors God in everything that you you do. From the time that you get up in the morning to the time that you lay your head on the pillow at night and hope your child doesn't wake you up in the middle of the night. All those things, you know, as you honor honor God, he will bless your home. And be example, and, and this one is the last on the list, but it is probably of grander importance than I'm going to give it is to be an example of a godly marriage. Because marriage, even under the most ideal circumstances, is still a battle. Because you have two sinful individuals that are no longer slaves to sin, but they have a will. And those wills don't always line up perfectly. And I can admit before you this morning that I'm the problem in, in the marriage of Pastor Bill and Michelle. 99.9% of the time. But the fact is, is that we've always sought to forgive one another, to reconcile to one another, and to keep short accounts with one another. And to the very best of our ability, even when we did disagree, to not let that explode in front of our children. And to be an example to them of a godly marriage, of a marriage that that is founded and based on the Lord Jesus Christ. And realizing this, that as you think about this uh, surmounting task, is that there is nothing too hard for God. It may be impossible from time to time in your mind, but realize that God is the God of the impossible, that he can help you overcome any obstacle. I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe it's biblical. I believe if uh, true believing couples saw this in their marriage, they would see that there's nothing they can not get over because God can do the impossible. He can mend, he can fix, he can redirect, he can guide, he can lead, because he is all those things. And the same is true in relation to your children, because there will be challenges, challenges that you did not anticipate, things that your children are going to do that you're going to wonder, where did that come from? Why, why are they thinking this? Why are they experiencing this? How can I help? How can I come in and around them and, and love them and pray for them, but yet at the same time train them to make sure that they're still honoring God through all that they say and they do? So at this time, uh, as we are transitioning after hearing what the Word of God has to say about um, children and parents and marriage and all kinds of other things that I mentioned this morning um, we're going to have uh, the, the nickel family come up uh, to the front here uh, and as they they're gathering uh, their children I want to share an illustration with you because this will no doubt uh, find itself to be true so you probably didn't set out and think about counting the cost when it comes to raising a child to the age of 18. Because if we all knew how much it cost, we would never do it. Urban Northeast, $282,480 per child is what they say it costs to raise a child today to age of 18, right here in New England. So what does that $282,480 give you? Naming rights. And hopefully your kids will thank you for the names you gave them and not think that, why did you name me that? But you know what else comes along with that $282,480? Butterfly kisses, bear hugs, hands to hold, and more love than your heart can hold. An endless rock collection. And I have to make a confession at this moment. I'm sorry, children. I'm sorry, Ellie. Some of your rocks did not make it from Alaska to here. But some other child will find them and think, this is the awesomest rock collection ever. Catching bugs of all sizes and artwork on the fridge. A memory full of the collected works of Dr. Seuss and the adventures of Winnie the Pooh. The front row seat for their first Christmas, first step, first word, first tooth, first award, first goal, first date. And yes, their first driving lesson. The chance to play with Legos, Play Doh, and finger paints, and not have any adults say anything to you because they wish they could too. An honorary doctorate in psychology, nursing, ethics, communications, human sexuality, and repairing things with duct tape. You get to use your superpowers to scare away scary monsters. Fix owies and patch broken hearts. But see, there's something that you can impart that money cannot buy that goes beyond the visible world in which we live and to the eternal. And that's who Jesus is. See, children are a gift from God. And as believers, we recognize that our children belong to him first and foremost. And that it's only proper for us to dedicate them back to him. And so, with that said, we're going to have uh, Josh and Rose, uh, and Violet and Rhett come forward, and um, any family you've got with you, they can come forward too. And then Pastor Caden is going to come up here, and he's going to take over from where I'm letting letting go right now. So, Pastor Caden.
1: Well, in case you don't know, this is um, Josh and Rose, and then the mom, right? Yeah, her mom. And then, of course, you have down here Violet. Do you want to say hello? No, that's a little scary. I went either as a kid, so I don't blame her. So, And then, of course, we have Rhett here as well. And so, it is my privilege to charge you and the church family. So, Josh and Rose... I called your attention to the commands of God. Deuteronomy 6, 5-7 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Josh and Rose you need to love God in every way, even when the flesh may not be willing and exhibit this to Violet and Rhett as well. In coming forward before God and this church family today, do you hereby declare your desire to dedicate yourselves to Violet and Rhett to the Lord? <laughs> so, if so, please respond by saying we do.
0: We do.
1: And so to the church family now. Knowing that the scriptures in Ecclesiastes four twelve says a cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart, modeling this kind of love and lifestyle cannot be done alone. I direct this same question to our church family. We have the responsibility to a responsibility to foster an environment where Violet and Rhett can grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. If you accept this charge, will you indicate it by saying we do? We do.
0: So Pastor Caden is going to pray here in just a moment, but um, we have a certificate for Rhett Isaiah Nickel and Violet Rose Nickel here, and you can see both of those. And then uh, something that I do is I I wrote a letter to both of them that they are to open up on their 18th birthday um, that will uh, speak to this day for them to know uh, what their parents believed, uh, what they committed to. uh, And it's a challenge to them as well to see where they are in relation to walking with the Lord. And so um, it says on there, do not open until their 18th birthday. And I think I got the letters in the appropriate envelope. So if not, I, I give you permission to open the other one. So here you guys are. All right,
1: let's pray. And Father, um, we thank you uh, for these two, and we uh, are thankful that we are able to dedicate them. And I know, growing up in a as a pastor's kid, there there was my father who was a great influence to me, but there was also many people in the church who were of great influence and importance to me. And true to form, as I was dedicated as a kid myself, there was many men who I could look up to and women. Um, who did show a godly attitude, who were always that light to the world, showing who you are and how to walk in a manner worthy of you. And I pray now that as we go through this life and we watch these two grow up in this church, that we be that light to them and that we show who you truly are to them. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.